Hey, you're listening to The Realness with Jed. And we're live. Hey, everybody, it is Jed, and it's the first inaugural episode, and it is super fucking exciting because this is a long-form episode with my intelligent and lovely friend, Jamie. Please state your name. Jamie Joanna Portillo Gamboa. (laughs) Nice. Okay, and you are aware that we will be using explicit language in this episode? Yes. Fuck yes. (laughs) And we will be talking about sexual harassment. We are going to be talking about what happened to her at her workplace. And let's get started. Um, FYI, we are drinking. (laughs) Yes, we are loose. (laughs) Yes, we are loose. But anyway, all right. Question number one. When did it happen? I actually wanted to point that out. It's happened more than once, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. The... Earliest I can recall was um, when I used to work for a tourist photography company. Um, I was at uh, Long Beach at the Queen Mary. Uh-huh. And so we were doing the photography that we were starting this out. And um, it was just a small group. Uh, coincidentally, it was uh, mainly women who were, uh, you know, doing the pictures. And our supervisor was a male. And, um, he, uh, this guy was completely unqualified, you know, he's just, you know, completely unprofessional, inappropriate in many ways, the stuff he talked about, and I always disregarded it, you know, you know, I was trying to be, get along, and, you know, I'm used to hanging out with guys that I was used to the language. Right. Um, and so I didn't think much of it, I just thought, oh, that's his personality. But one day, it was just the two of us, and, uh, you know, I I was cutting up pictures, because we would take pictures, and then we would print them out, and so I was cutting them up, and uh, it was just the two of us there, and he asked me out. He said, hey, you know, would you like to go out for dinner? I got a group on, and, you know. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. I know. <laughs> and so... Um, and I, I, I think after I realized why he said that, but, you know, I was like, oh, and, you know, I was going out with, with my boyfriend at that time, and, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, I think that would be fun, you know, maybe I can invite my boyfriend, and, uh, his demeanor completely changed, that smile wiped out of his face, and, uh... You just popped his bubble, that's what happened. I popped his bubble, and, you know, he goes, oh... Well, I, I was thinking it would just be between you and me. And I was like, oh, and it just became awkward. Right. But, you know, it was still him asking me out that, you know, of, you know, I'm turning him down like I have a boyfriend, you know. And uh, just completely went quiet after that. Finished the day off. Uh, that night, he asked me again. Hey, you know, what do you think about having that dinner? Just the two of us. The group on is just for two people. And so I was like, you know what, I I have a boyfriend, I don't want you to get the wrong idea about it. He didn't text me back. But after that, he got very aggressive with me. You know, if I was, I, I was at the same rate before, you know, than before, but he was like, why aren't you cutting things faster? He just... Oh, so I, you decided to take out his rejection anger out on you. Exactly. Okay. And so one day, um, it was, again, just the two of us, because, like I said, it was just a small team. And 
you know, I don't remember the exact details, but what I do remember is that he put his hand on my shoulder and squeezed, and he said, well, if you'd gone out with me, this wouldn't be happening. I had to walk, I had to run. I, I literally ran because I've been sexually abused before that this scared the fuck out of me. Right, you thought it was going to go in a certain direction. Exactly, and it's us, just two of us in this small little room that you, that's like before you go inside the ship. And so I ran. And um, he wrote me up. What a piece of shit. He gave me a fucking write-up. Okay. Because of whatever I had done. But, you know, I, uh, I, I complained about it. And fortunately, uh, our uh, regional manager at the time was a woman. And she stuck her neck out for me. And, oh, that's you know, good. This guy wasn't fired. Very similar to your situation. But he was sent to a different location. And um, the write-up was still there, but that was my first experience in a workplace that I can remember. So um, when I first met you, the incident that you had brought up initially was, um, I think, were you in a lab at, at PCC? or yes, Pasadena City College. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this person actually put their hands on you more than that guy did with the shoulder grab, right? More than just his hands, Okay. Yeah. Um, are you comfortable talking about that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How how did that happen? So, um, I'm usually very friendly. Right. And um, I had to be... Um, I was the front desk assistant for um, Pasadena City College in the Science Village um, for Natural Science Division. Oh. And so, um, I was there because um, some classes go on a little bit later than what office hours go for. So, I was there until about maybe six, sometimes eight, um... And uh, my job was just to help my um, my boss out with some paperwork and data stuff, data entry, and then making sure that I had the door open so that teachers would come in, check up their mailbox, drop off stuff, you know, for as late as whatever their classes were going for. And so I befriended a good majority of these professors, and they're, you know, they're very high-ranking admirable people that I admired, you know, because of where they are and what they're doing. And so there was this one particular guy, um, he, he was young, he is a USC graduate, he told me this, and uh, he was actually teaching there, oh yeah, he was teaching there. And so um, he, he was a, um, an adjunct, so that means he only goes there for a certain amount of classes. And then he, he had two jobs. He was working at USC and he was working at PCC. And uh, he had a late biology class he was teaching for. So he would come in before the class or either after, and he, we would chat. And it started off just very natural, just like with every other professor that I talked to. Um, and then... I guess, I, I don't know what, honestly, like, I don't know where he got the idea that this was okay. The first incident occurred when I was like, aren't you late to your class? And he's, oh, yeah, you know, um, and let me give you a hug. And I thought that was strange, but I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, you know, he's befriending me. We're about the same age. It's just that he's... Oh, so he was like, okay, he's young, so I'm gonna... He thought, okay, I'm young, you're young, but I'm a professional, so we're just gonna be, like, friendly professionals. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
And that's how I, I was like, wow, cool. And, and, you know, it sucks because, and I feel so naive because at the time I was like, wow, so cool. You know, I'm friends with a professional. You know, this guy, like, I looked up to him because, you know, we're about the same age. But he's doing stuff that I either someday hope to do or, you know, I these are the type of people that I should make friends with. And so um, he comes around, so I'm, I'm sitting down, you know, on the normal desk, I have a computer in front of me, and he comes, there's this, this little cubicle, right, and, you know, he comes around the cubicle, and I, I immediately got up, but he, he I, I was like going to hug him sideways, just like a quick hug, but he shoved, like he literally grabbed my body, and, like, you know, like, grasped me and then squeezed me against his chest that I felt, like, my tits squeezing up against his. And he's just like, and I'm like, and I'm Ugh. shaking at this point because, I mean, and, and as I, was, I had this conversation with my sister, it's like, well, you, your brain starts going, is this really fucking happening? Like, am, am, am I just imagining things? This is uncomfortable, and I don't want to assume things. And so, like, my brain is just... But I just froze, and and then he he left. I'm shaken up, but I'm like in my head. I, you know, I'm just thinking maybe I imagined this. Maybe he just genuinely wanted to give me a good hug. <laughs> and 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 also what I want to mention is that it's just I, I find it inappropriate. Right. I really do because I'm a student. I'm I'm first of all a student, and he knows that. And second of all, we're not that close. For him to feel that that's okay. Like, every other professor, you know, that I've talked to, you know, they shake my hand or they, you know, they say, I'll see you later, Jamie, or thanks for your help. And I've talked to them much more than I've talked to this guy. That it was really, it stood out, the fact that he felt comfortable enough to do this. Um, so he continues to come, and at this point, I'm very wary. I'm just like, okay, kind of like keeping an eye on the situation. and um, But you're still trying to keep it cool. He's trying to keep, still trying to keep it cool and professional. Okay. And so he, uh, you know, uh, long story short, the second time he comes, he once again, and this time he didn't ask. This time he immediately walked over. And the thing is, like, I would turn to my computer and I was like, pretend that I'm busy. And he would still stay there. And sometimes we would go quiet for minutes, and he was still standing there. And it was really awkward, I'm it guessing. Was really awkward. Okay. Because, like, I have a job to do. Even though I'm front desk, I'm still given tasks. And I, I had expressed that with him. Like, yeah, I'm doing this for, you know, my boss, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so the second time, he, he, like, walks over, and I didn't want to get up. Because I was like, dude, you know, like, I, I don't want to hug. And maybe I should have expressed that. Right. But, like, why should I? Right. And so he walks up to my desk, and, like, I was going to, tr- like, extend my arms sideways, you know, like, without turning my full body, just sideways, and I was just going to pat him in the back, and I'm still sitting down. And he, once again, grasped me, turned me around, and shoved my face around his crotch area. Oh, my God. And I, I like how I even recollecting the memory, like I freeze because I, 
I don't, I don't think that's okay for him to do that. No, it's not fucking okay. You know, and, and I, and I, bl- and my sister's like, stop blaming yourself, stop blaming yourself, like, you know, you just, you didn't know, but I, I, I just, I, f- I froze again. Right. You know, I froze again, he walked away. And I'm literally stand like I'm my desk my my chair had been turned in his direction. And I'm just frozen, there like, what the fuck just happened again? And the last time, excuse me, I burped. Uh. Okay. <laughs> the last time that this happened, I decided to get up and say like, you know, I was gonna try to fist pump him, you know, to like, express like I don't want to hug. And then here's the thing: it's like, my. I, I should be more vocal, right? But I, I, I still in my head think, like, this guy should have known that that's not okay, you know? But um, he he once again shoved my body and hugged me for longer than I was, like, I was trying to pull away, and he's, like, hugging me closer, and my boobs are, like, pressed up against this guy. So, like, first one, you know, he did that same thing where he pressed my boobs up against him. And I've had hugs like that before, you know, and, and not in a work environment. Oh, girl, I had a coworker once. Every time he hugged me, he would he would hug me in a way where, like, his hand would search for the my bra strap. What the fuck? Yeah. And it was a long time ago, but, like, at one point, <laughs> he actually tried to hug me at a Christmas party. And I knew he was going to do that. So I uh, purposely just patted him on the shoulder. But there are guys that are like that, that look for, their hands are searching for shit. So now that you mention that. Yeah. There are certain parts in your anatomy that people touch that make you uncomfortable. Absolutely. Like cats. You know, if you touch a certain part, they're going to bite the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's that tingling sensation that you're you're the, the 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 hairs on your back stand and they're like what the fuck. And so every single time that he hugged me, his fingers, not like he would grasp, but that gentle touch about around his fingers that are like just feeling on you. And it's so uncomfortable because that's the part where my my boyfriend or my girlfriend are allowed to touch, you know. Yeah, it's like an intimate spot. It's an intimate spot. Right. And so that last time was just too much because his hands trailed around me. It, he was feeling me up. And, you know, I, I, I said, whoa, and I, like, backed off. So what I forgot to mention, and this is, you know, and this is a lesson learned. Because in the beginning, when I thought, wow, this is a cool friendship, it's fucking stupid naive, you know, um, we exchanged phone numbers. And this was prior to... Prior to, like, the first time he <clears throat> hugged me. Okay, okay. Um, so this is almost predatory, because we exchanged phone numbers. And so before, like, this was around the time, like, Snapchat had just gotten popular, that I didn't realize, like, your phone number is connected to your Snapchat, and, like, if they have your phone number, then they can befriend you on Snapchat. I never knew that, but thank you. Okay, go ahead. Unless you make it private, so listen up, unless you make it private, if someone has your phone number, they can befriend you on Snapchat. And so he befriended me on Snapchat, 
and he started, like, sending me messages on Snapchat. He started texting me. He actually... I don't know if it was... At, at the time, I thought he just wanted to hang out, but now maybe I'm having second thoughts about it, but, like, he would say, oh, we should go rock climbing. Oh, we should go do this. And I just always said, like, oh, you know, I don't think so. Like, you know, it might not... It might be weird. I, I expressed that to him. Um, but, um, yeah, it was at that point. And so... Going back to that last time where he felt up on me, I brought it up to my boss finally. And I said, hey, look, I don't want to make a big deal about it, but um, this and this happened. And I recounted it to her the same way that I'm telling you. Right. And she was distraught. She's like, that's not okay behavior. Like, he should not be doing that. Actually, when they get hired, we talk about this kind of stuff. And, you know, first, like, you're a student. He should not be doing that. So I thought, okay, something's going to happen. I don't know if anything happened because um, I actually uh, decided to quit that job because I, I got a, well, I had a job, but I be, it became full-time that I stopped this front desk thing. But lo and behold, a month later, my boss, I went to go visit her, and she told me, you know what? Two students came to complain about sexual harassment from him. So that, you must have felt some relief. Relief? Right? Like, oh, okay, it's not just me, but at the same time, you're like, fuck that. I can't believe it's not just me. It, yeah. And I wish that I had been stronger and called it out. But it was only momentarily. Because then I asked her, so what happened? And she said, well... He was only reprimanded about it, and he's still teaching. Ugh. Okay. And these girls are going to have to deal with whatever is happening. Do you know if this happened before or after your incidents? After my incidents. Okay. So this guy, I complained about him first to my boss. Right. And then it was brought up again by two students, but nothing was done. He was allowed to finish the semester. I actually haven't looked up to see if he's been allowed a second time. Right. Um, but no, nothing came of it, I feel like. Just two students, two more students complained about it. Their grades were probably affected because of it, because they weren't giving up. And because I guess, I don't remember, like, I don't know the complete details, but they felt that because they weren't giving in to his, you know, flirting their grades were being heavily affected by it where the to the like for example one of like what my boss was able to share with me was that a student that didn't complain about it that was probably flirtatious with this with him um didn't turn in an assignment on time they turned it in a little bit later and they still had a higher grade than a student who turned in their assignment earlier i see and so, just, you know, he was taking advantage of his, the power that he was in. Right. So he was giving preference to those that did not oppose him or were accepting of his, quote-unquote, friendliness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I blocked him completely from my Snapchat, and then I also, like, he texted me one more, once more on my phone, my private phone number, but I didn't respond back, just because I didn't feel comfortable doing so. 
I just listening to you makes me so upset because it's just like I'm sure your story and my story are obviously not the only ones that are out there. Um, but the fact that it happened to you repeatedly, you guys were alone, right? Yeah, it was alone. Did you feel like you had to act differently so you could get out of the situation more safely? Yeah, I did. I felt like, um, sorry, it's just, I, I feel ashamed for some reason, you know? You really shouldn't. I feel like, I feel like it's a built-in defense mechanism for women to have to acquiesce somehow because they don't want to put themselves further in danger. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I'm going to talk about my situation shortly. Yeah. So because my industry is a little bit different from yours, correct me if I'm wrong. So when it happened, your gut immediately told you, fuck, this is not good. I don't yeah. feel I don't feel good at all. Yeah. But I'm alone with this person. It's a man. They're probably biologically and physically stronger than me. I have to keep my cool. I have to make sure that he either doesn't get enticed Mm -hmm. or incensed Mm -hmm. to continue to put me in a situation where I'm even more uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And and also he's, he's in a higher position than I am. Right. It's, it's always about power sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. So how, how do you think that admin should have handled it after you reported? How should they have handled the situation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, think that, and you know, I don't blame my boss because I, I'm not going to name her, but she's a wonderful person. Right. Um, I still talk to her, but I don't think she's ever been in a situation like this. But I think that what should have happened was, um, we should have talked about it. We should have been in the same room and talked about what's what he did was not right. Right. So, but by we, you mean you My, three? The three of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that because, and that's what happens a lot of the times, is that the problem is not confronted. It's just sort of swept under the rug. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, admin will go up to the person doing it and it's like, somebody filed a report against you and they said such and such. Are you aware that they made that you made so and so uncomfortable? And they'll be like, "Oh, wait, well, I had no idea. I had mm-hmm. no idea. I made them feel uncomfortable." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Bitch, you knew." Yes. You knew, and and you're gonna try to get away with it by either feigning ignorance or you're being or using your position to say, "But I was just trying to be like, in your case, the friendly professor." Yes. If you had gotten an apology from him. Would that have been enough if, like, if he had shown self-awareness and said, well, I wasn't aware that I was making you feel uncomfortable. This is just part of my personality. But now that we're in the hashtag Me Too environment, I realized that I put you in a position that you did not want to be in. It's hard to say because I... Maybe? Is that is that okay? Because if I had brought it up, when it happened and we had talked about it, maybe he would have changed his behavior and not had done that to those other two students who felt the same way that I did. Right. But because I, it wasn't like we weren't, he wasn't confronted about it. He did it again with two other students that I feel like it's just a common behavior for him. 
that I don't know if his apology would have been genuine. So it's a maybe. Like, if he had apologized and maybe acted differently about it, then yeah, maybe. You know, because obviously, like, people are allowed the second opportunity to make an impression. Especially if they, like, in the first time, they don't know they made a mistake. So they're like, oh, I'm going to make amends, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Um, but I, it's hard to say. It, it really is. Because I've never been apologized but by anyone who has sexually abused me or harassed me. So, it's a maybe for me. Okay, so my next question for you would be, if you were to give advice to another fellow, quote-unquote, victim, mm-hmm. what would you do to tell them, like, hey, I was in this position... Here's what you can do to make yourself feel safer or avoid it completely. And take your time. Mm, it depends on the situation. But I I think I'm prepared so that next time it does happen, and if it does happen to anyone, even if it's your first time, I think it's okay to bring it up and say, Hey, like, br- just... This is how I feel. Express yourself. Like, hey, I don't think this is okay. Maybe there's a better way to say it. Like, I guess I would go with this. The best way I could have handled that situation the first time he hugged me and did that, I should have been like, hey, I don't think that was appropriate. Right. I think it's fair to call it out. Because we have intuition for a reason. It's not just make-believe. That's why everybody goes, go with your gut feeling. Exactly. There's a reason why. Right, but then they they say, go with your gut feeling, except if you feel like you're being sexually harassed because maybe this guy really likes you. Oh, God. Right. Yeah, right, right, right. Because, like, I could easily just say, oh, he liked me and I was just not, you know, meeting his expectations. But no, I should have been more clear about how uncomfortable he was making me feel. Because I will recall, it's a different situation. I had this happen with a peer, a student. Um, He was in my chemistry class. And he's a very flirty guy. And and, and that's why I feel like I I feel stupid for not, like, handling it better. But it's just, like, it keeps happening so many times that I'm at the point where I'm like, what the fuck in my head? Like, why do men feel like that's okay? It's not. Like, they should know better. But obviously they don't. And that's why you should bring it up. Because this guy, very flirty from the get-go, from the moment I met him, um, was very flirtatious with me, but not with my friend, who he obviously didn't find as attractive. And so there was a situation where I uh, I needed help with my some chemistry problems, and he uh, I asked his friend, his lab partner. We were the last ones there, and I asked his lab partner specifically because I had noticed some odd behavior from the other guy that I didn't want him to think, oh, I'm asking for his help. Now get this. I don't want to ask him for help because I don't want him to think that I want I like him. Okay? That's I know, like I, I totally uh relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just fucking stupid. But it, it we is. have to like take 
you know, measurements mm-hmm. to see like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to hold myself back because I don't want to give somebody the wrong idea. Exactly. And it's that's you're right. It's, it's stupid. So I asked his lab partner and he helped me out and he was done. I was like, OK, I think I get it. I'm going to take my time with this. He overheard us, this guy. And he and his name is Mitch. Um, he, 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 I'm gonna name his fucking name because I, if he does at some point listen to this, he needs to know that's not okay. You got that, Mitch? You got, you got that, that, Mitch? Mitch? Uh, Mitch. Okay. Um, he immediately walks over to me and he's rubbing his leg on my shoulder. Like, why do you have... Wait, to- you're sitting down and he's rubbing his leg on your shoulder? Yeah, he's Ugh. standing up. Like, why the fuck do you need to get that close to tell me that that's ionization you know like why do you like you can look like his lab partner was literally standing next to me and at no point did he touch me and then this guy just comes over and he's like i'm probably between his legs and i'm obviously cowering away like i'm you know, my both of my hands are, like, squeezed between my thighs. And, you know, I'm just kind of, like, making myself smaller. So your, your body language is obviously pulling away from the situation. Yes. Right. And it should be obvious to anybody that that's what you're doing. It was obvious to my friend who was standing next to me, sitting right. next to me. You know, she was like, and, and my friend is, you know, she's from China. She's only been here about two, three years. I could see her, and she. And later she told me she was just completely surprised at that behavior because she's never seen it before. That not, Like, she was pissed off. But she said that I looked scared. And so I'm, you know, and she noticed that. But this guy, I, I don't know if he noticed it or if he did, and he thought, oh, she's being shy or I don't know what the fuck is going on oh, in this I fucking guy's hate head. that. Okay. So he's, you know, and he's trying to tell me something and I can't concentrate and I told him, yeah, it's going to take me some time to understand it, but I think I got it. No, 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 do it, do it. So he's like adamant about me do- solving the problem that takes minutes to complete, but he's like almost leaning on me. And so, you know, afterwards like when that whole situation was over my friend told me she was like why didn't you just tell him you were uncomfortable and I'm like duh that's what I should have done that's what I should have done in many other times when I felt uncomfortable yeah but I feel like when you're a female if you're in the heat of the moment and um it's somebody that you know or you're like in a situation where well this shouldn't be a big deal right so let me just let this pass real quick and like but that's my advice yeah if you if you feel that way it is important that you bring it up and you say it don't think about oh this is going to affect my relationship with this person because yes it will it's right. going to improve because you expressed yourself like, what I should have done with that supervisor, I should have told him, dude, I don't want to go out with you, but I am your friend, I'm your coworker, and you should respect that and deal with it. What I should have told that professor was, hey, you're a professor. I don't feel comfortable hugging you that way. We could be friends, but please respect that. Right. What I should have told that student, 
was, hey, you're in my bubble. Please, I can feel your crotch. I can feel your fucking dick <laughs> on my shoulder. Please stop that. You can sit down next to me if you want to. So that's my advice. If you feel your spidey sense tingling, listen to it and act on it. It's okay. It really is. Even if you feel like you're like if you're gonna feel stupid afterwards, I think it's important. I think that that person will either was unaware of how uncomfortable they were making you feel, and they should learn about it, because that's the point of communication. Or they weren't aware, and they're behaving that way. They think it's okay, and they will learn that it's not. So that's my advice. Speak up. It's important. Because that's how a lot of people have gotten away with it. Not just men, but women, I think. So that's my advice. Yeah, that's good advice. I think awareness is um, is paramount, actually. Because like, I feel like maybe some people think that they are not called out on shit. So they're like, oh, okay, well, this was okay. Because nobody says, said anything to me about it. And once you do... If they are a rational human being, they're like, shit, I fucked up. I'm going to learn. And they'll self-correct. Or even better, they'll self-correct and tell another person how to self-correct by engaging them in their story and say, hey, you know what? Somebody called me out on this recently. I had no idea. And that's how we we change negative cycles. Um, So I hope everybody that's listening to that advice right now takes that to heart. Jamie just said, speak up. It's going to be hard. If you're not used to speaking up, practice. 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 Mm -hmm. Because I I feel like I, in the beginning of my working life, I have been sexually harassed. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, many, many times at work. But um, this particular story that I want to share is actually kind of funny because it's so ridiculous and stupid. I mean, I can see you're getting nervous talking about it. Yeah, because it, it makes me mad, but it also just, like, it just frustrates me because of what the the part two part of the story is. I am a pastry chef, and I was working at a French restaurant locally to my house in Highland Park. I wish I could name drop the restaurant, but I'm going to try to be nice here. I was one of two female chefs, and... One of the female chefs left, so I was the only female chef in the back of the house. At the beginning of this year, my supervisor hired a new guy that he used to work with, and he told me, this guy is fast, he is an efficient worker, he'll be part of the prep team, because at that time I was a prep cook, and I was excited because I needed help. I was actually by myself a lot. So one month into... Not even a month, actually. I think like a week and a half of me working with this person. I'm just genuinely a very friendly person. Like, we have to get up early in the morning. So in the mornings, it was cold. It was the beginning of the year. I I offer tea to everybody. That's my morning routine. So I offered him tea, and I think he thought I was being friendly. I don't know if he just took that as, like, an in- like, oh, she's so friendly. But you're being friendly. That There's the word friendly. It's not, right. I'm trying to fuck you. Right. I even offered tea to, like, the office manager, and she was a bitch. 
<laughs> I spilled my beer back. Yeah, she's a she's a woman hater, but I offered her tea too. So like I just offered tea to everybody. But anyway, I would offer him tea for his first week and I trained him, I taught him all the recipes and I walked him through shit. He was stubborn as fuck though. But anyway, on the day that this event happened, I so in the restaurant world, you have something called family meal, which is when all the workers in the back either take leftovers or, like, remnants that cannot be served to customers, and they just cook it for themselves. So it's, like, break time is when you cook for each other. Mm -hmm. And since you're considered a team, you're a family, it's family meal. So that day, I was in charge of family meal, and it was just me and this guy. So just to paint a picture, he's, like, in his mid to late 40s, short dude, Guatemalan, speaks English, but very I don't know I don't want to say like very jumpy very precise person um so I'm making family meal and I'm cooking vegetables and um if everybody knows me very well I do not cook vegetables but I have had health issues recently so I was like okay I'm gonna try to make it a balanced meal blah 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 and he comes up to me and he goes oh you're cooking vegetables you're you're trying to be healthy like jokingly Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah we should always just try to be healthy. Right. And eat vegetables. Right, right. Eat vegetables. And um, he's like, oh, you should also exercise. And I was like, I don't really exercise. I probably should. You know, we laughed about it. And he goes, well, you know, I, I exercise every day. And I said, oh, that's cool. I don't know how you find the time. And um, so this guy is married with four kids. And he goes, well, I exercise every day with my wife. What the f- and then I was like, okay, cool. And he goes, I exercise every day with my wife at nighttime. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, um, cool. So I'm trying to play cool because right. I know where he's deeper. going with right. it. Yeah. Right. And he goes, I exercise every night with my wife in bed. And I was like, okay, that's great. Good for you. And... And then I just started laughing. And he goes, you do know what I mean by that, right? And I was like, I think so. Um, but good for you. You know, I tried to, like, put the period right there. Like, right. I'm, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And he goes, I just want you to know that I think it's super important to make a woman wet. I'm really good at it. And I said, okay. He's like, I, I make my wife wet every night for 45 minutes. Me the fuck off. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, so... Let me put a disclaimer and and say that in the kitchen industry, regardless of whether or not you're male or female, the talk is rough and it's crass. There will be like sexual talking and whatever. I have been in this environment for a very long time, so I've learned how to cope and try to be a dude and not let it get to me. And I've been rough and crass back, you know? Yeah. I was going to say that. You do that. I have to. I have to. If I act soft or whatever, it'll just be like, you are a girl. You cannot make it in this environment. Yeah, exactly. So I, oh my God, if I look at you anymore, I'm going to probably cry too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, it's tears of anger because that's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. And he knows it's not. No, he knows it's not. Okay, so 
after a while, I thought, okay, well, I'm cooking here, and he's just ignoring me, and um, he's getting plates ready, so we sit down together, and I thought that was the end of the conversation, and I was going to go home and tell people about it and say, ugh, I had this nasty-ass conversation with this fucking nude guy. So we're sitting down, we're eating, and then he's like, oh, you remember how I told you earlier that I am really good at making my wife wet? And I was like, okay, yeah. And he's like, did I tell you that I do it every night? And I was like, yeah, I fucking heard you. And he's like, well, I just want you to know that I'm one of those guys that knows how important it is to make a woman wet. Because if you don't make a woman wet, then you can't get in there easily. And I said, oh, okay, I never knew that. You know, like jokingly. Yeah, right. You're just trying to. Yeah. And so at some point, I tried to change this conversation twice. So the first time I tried to change the conversation, I said, hey, you have a 16-year-old son, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, you should teach him how to make a woman wet so that you can launch a new generation of great male lovers who treat their women first in bed. And he goes, okay, you're right. And I said, yeah, do that. That's that's your responsibility as a parent now because you're telling me all this shit. You need to teach your 16-year-old kid. So you're trying to stoop down to his level. Kind of, but I'm also trying to, like, Make be, them. like, sardonic about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the second time I brought the subject up, I said, well, do you think it's important to make a man wet, too? Like, would you ever fuck a guy? And he's like, you have to kill me first. I won't, I won't die before I let men, another man touch me. So I'm like... Okay, you're definitely somebody I do not fucking like at all. Mm-hmm. You're just a closed-minded little bitch. Yeah. So we're talking, and he just keeps going back to like, but I know, I know, I'm telling you, I know how to make a woman wet, and I'm like, okay, well, good for you. You know, like you have a skill, whatever. So I try to change the subject, and then he goes, oh well, can I ask you a question? And I was like, what? He's like, um, do you think it's it's important to have a a big dick or a small dick? Big or small? What's more important to you? So, okay, again, I want to reiterate that I have a sardonic personality. I'm a very sarcastic person. But also, I have to amp that up in this work environment. So I said, you know what? My favorite dick is a big fucking dinosaur dick. I like them fucking big. I like them thick. I like them huge. <laughs> and he just looks at me. His eyes are, like, wide, and he's like... He just like pauses and he goes, I don't like your answer. I'm very disappointed by it. And I said, why? And he goes, because whenever I ask this question to other females, they always tell me it doesn't matter how big or small you are. It's how you use it. So the first thing that came out of my mouth was, you must be tiny as fuck, motherfucker. (laughs) Wait, did you tell him I told him that. (laughs) I totally told him that. I was like... I feel like he deserved that. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because he fucking deserved that. Yeah. he's. I was like, you must be tiny. And he's like, oh, I'm so disappointed by your answer. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, whatever. At that point, the bartender... The super the supervising bartender came in because she comes in. It was on a Thursday. That's how I remember it. It was on a Thursday. She came in, and I guess he felt uncomfortable that there was another person now in the restaurant. So we stopped talking to each other, and he was like, "I'm gonna go to the back. Breaks over." And she came up to me. She came to say hi, and she saw my face. 
she saw my face and she was like, are you okay? And I just said, I just had a really uncomfortable conversation and I try to get my way out of it. And I told her about what happened and she's like, you need to fucking tell somebody this is like, not appropriate. this is not appropriate. And I said, I know. And she's like, I know that like you guys talk like this in the back, but like this guy's trying to target you. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to tell my supervisor and my supervisor didn't come in until like two hours later. So anyway, she had to leave because she's actually the bartending supervisor to the three restaurants in the parent company. And so she left and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm alone with this guy again. So anyway, I start to get the rest of my to do list going. I go to the back and he's in the back station. I go to the walk in refrigerator. I get everything I need and I'm on my way out and he stops me and he goes, hey, Jed, um, remember how you told me that in college um, you uh, tasted the rainbow? And I was like. Um, what is your point? And he goes, well, I've never had um, a Chinese girl. I said, okay. And he goes, I've never had a Filipina girl. And I've certainly never had a Chinese Filipina girl. And I just felt my blood run cold. I felt my stomach just Whoa. fucking turn. And I was like, well... And I think I let a pause go for too long because I was trying to think of, like, the best comeback for this. So the first thing that came out of my mouth after that was, like, well, have you ever had a black girl? Because I knew he didn't like black people. And he goes, no, 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 I would never do black girl. And I said, you should do a black girl. You would love it. And he goes, no, 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 I would never. And I was like, just do a black girl. And um, he was just, like, just stared at me. And then he's like... Would you... Have you ever had a Guatemalan? Because he's Guatemalan. He's, like, fucking pushing it. Yeah. And I was like... Didn't say anything. Goes, have you ever had a Guatemalan? I don't know why I fucking answered him. Because I just felt so much... Pressure. Stress and pressure at that moment. I was like, no, I haven't. And he goes, you should try. But when he said this, he fucking took two steps. Wow. And got in my face. He didn't touch me. He got in my face. Like, maybe, like a little more than an inch away from my face. I could actually feel the heat coming off his face because he was short and he was kind of like at eye level to me. And he goes, you should try. And I was like, no. And he goes, you should try. And got even closer, but still not touching me. So at this point, there is a camera in the top part of this long like aisle. Mm -hmm. And he's standing in front of me. And so... If you were looking from the camera perspective, you would not be able to see me. You would just see his back. And I think he kind of knew that, and he took advantage of it. And I just pushed past him. And I tried so hard not to cry, you know? I was trying so fucking hard not to cry because I was so uncomfortable, and I was so fucking pissed. And, um... Like, ten minutes later, he comes up to me from the back and he goes hey so what's the what's the recipe for this like I just chopped a bunch of onions he's acting like yeah like nothing ever happened and at that time I was chopping stuff too so I was holding the knife oh my god and I looked at him and I'm like you know what you just did to me and he goes what are you talking about I was like you know what you just did to me back there when I was back there and he's like I don't know what you're talking about and I said if you ever ever fucking do that to me again 
I swear to God. Like, you were going to pay for it. Because that was the only thing I knew how to say. Yeah, you're def- at that point, you're fucking defending yourself. Yeah. Because he's and, a predator. Yeah, I held the gun. I mean, not the gun. <laughs> I wish it was a gun. <laughs> that really wasn't a gun. Yeah, it was not a gun. Okay. <laughs> Any legal people listening to this, it's not a gun. It was my knife that I was using at work because I'm a chef. Because it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. You feel... It's it wasn't it fortunately did not get to that point, but you feel violated. Totally. I actually went to the bathroom and like tried so hard not to cry. I got to the point where like I grabbed like ten you know pieces of toilet paper and it crumpled in my hands and I was just standing over the toilet for a while. I was like, What the fuck do I do? Like I'm so upset. And um I texted a coworker and I said I think I'm going to quit. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, Some, something happened today. And it was really upsetting. So I didn't... Okay, so... Going back to the situation, this motherfucker was like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. You're worrying about nothing. Nothing happened. And I was like, what? And he goes, nothing happened. Like, it's fine. Like, don't worry. Don't worry. He's like, I forgot about it already. So it's like, okay, you fucking forgot about it. You have the convenience of fucking forgetting about it because you you are the one that made me uncomfortable. And I'm supposed to just be like, oh, I'm glad you forgot about it because I didn't fucking forget about it. You just made me feel uncomfortable for like a good almost an hour. And for the rest of our companionship as right. co-workers. So anyway, I told my supervisor about it the next day. And then... He's like, oh, shit, I, gotta, I have to tell HR. And I was like, well, yeah, no shit, so yeah. tell HR. And um, HR came, and they talked to him before they talked to me. And I think part of the reason why that happened was because I don't work on the weekends, and he was working on a Sunday, so she decided to talk to him first. But I was really upset because when she came to see me the following Monday, she didn't tell me until later after asking for my side of the story, um, she's like, oh, well, I talked to him already and he gave me his side of the story. And I was like, you could have given me a warning because both of us do not know this new employee that you just hired and he could have easily gotten upset that you confronted him and that I tattled on him and he knows my schedule and he knows I'm alone in the mornings and he could have come after me. So thanks a lot for looking out for me. You put my life at risk. Yeah. And she's like, but he didn't, did he? (sighs) And I was like, it doesn't matter if he did or not. The point is, you could have warned me out of solidarity as a female and out of solidarity as the fact that, like, I have been an employee of the company since day one. I've been so loyal to this company for a long ass time. Since the first day, I was the one of the first prep cooks at this fucking place. So that was really hurtful. So the second part of all this shit happening to me was just watching how admin dropped the ball. Are, with the predator. Exactly. The restaurant was understaffed, so their solution to the whole situation was I had a two-hour overlap with him three days out of the week, and they didn't fucking warn me. And then when I confronted her about it, she was upset about it. And um, then I found out later on, a month later, that it's actually my supervisor who made that change and didn't bother to tell me. And he was, quote-unquote, like, partial to me, like, oh, you're my favorite person in my team. Like, if I was, you would have told me. But you didn't. You didn't give me a single warning because you're looking out for yourself and you're looking out for the restaurant's bottom line. Yep. He just was lazy. 
and he needed to have more people in his team to do all the little work, and this guy was willing to do it. So I told him I was going to leave, and he was like, don't let them get to you. Don't don't let this get you down. And it was like, okay, well, I get your, like, Rocky Balboa fucking speech shit, but it's like, this is still a very sensitive matter, and I'm not sure that you handled it the right way. So I quit. I put in my two weeks, and it disrupted the entire flow of the restaurant for a long time, which I'm very proud of because it shows that I was a, a valuable yeah, very valuable member of the team. And to their credit, my fellow chef co-workers who were like family to me had my back even when I left. Um, so shout out to those guys because they'll be listening to this. My supervisor was eventually fired, and so was the guy that Julio, you motherfucking piece of shit. He was gone too, but it took a while. It didn't happen right after I left. And you had to make a drastic choice and action in order for that to happen. Yeah. Had I, you had you not done that, that that probably wouldn't still going on and it could have escalated because this guy sounds like a fucking rapist. A manipulative rapist. He definitely admitted to me that he had persuaded, quote-unquote, women in other jobs to sleep with him before. And that he was, like, very persuasive in telling them that he knew what he was doing. I'm sure he was super predatory to all the women that he's ever worked with. And he was unsuccessful with me, but I, unfortunately, he was successful in making me feel very uncomfortable. And I and feel like he did know what he was doing to the point where he was like, I'm not going to touch her. Because if I touch her, then... Then she can say, this she can, I touched her. Yeah. But what ended up happening was that HR was like, you know what? You engaged mutually into this conversation. And it's like, you know what? You're not a cook. You don't know what it's like back here. You kind of have to talk tough. Right. And if I had brought it up the first time, would you have done something about it? No. Exactly. So I had to, you had to handle it the best way you could, which is fucked up. It's fucked up in the first place. Like, why does it have to take physical action for something to be fixed? Why does it have to escalate? Because now your life has drastically changed because of that type of behavior and lack of action. Yeah. The sad thing is that this is so prevalent, not just in this industry, but just, like, to women in general. You come in and they're like, please report if you've ever been sexually harassed or feel uncomfortable and whatever. But, like, when you actually do that, what does admin do for you? They tell you, fill out some paperwork. You need to do an intake form. You need to blah, blah, blah. You need to, like... Give us your first-hand account of stuff. And then maybe they're afraid of litigation from the perpetrator. So they're like, oh, well, it's your word against his because it's only the two of you in the fucking office or the two of you in the, in the workplace. We'll just protect you as much as we can. Whether or not they personally felt that they were going to take my word for it. So this guy actually said that I enticed him to flirt with me at the end and say... I've never had a Guatemalan that those words came out of my mouth. I never fucking said shit like that. He just outright lied. And 
they were like, oh, well, it's his word against yours. Huh. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, well, thanks for having my back. So I'm, I'm really sorry that that happened. I know I shouldn't be apologizing because it wasn't me who did it to you, but I'm sorry that you had to go through that as a woman because it's unacceptable and no one else is going to apologize for that. Like that Julio is not going to fucking apologize for that. He's a fucking asshole. It happened to me three times, not as extreme as you, but definitely to a point where I well, was uncomfortable. But this guy touched you though, so I feel like it was a different type of scenario. Right, but if we speak up to them at that moment, confront the predator at that moment, make him realize that what he's doing is not okay and it's not going to fly by just like that is important. Because if you, maybe, I don't know, this, I've heard situations, I can't point out a particular one, but I have heard situations where a woman does confront this guy, and then this guy goes ahead of the woman or, or victim to HR, bring it up, and then the victim actually gets reprimanded for it. It's, they're going to do whatever is best for their benefit rather than for what yours was. No, they were looking out for number one. Number one was the restaurant. They were understaffed. They were going to keep as many people as possible. So they're like, okay, well, we're just going to keep this guy, but we're going to keep him away from you, and that's what we can do for you, quote-unquote. So they actually researched it on Google, but there's a lot of companies in L.A. County that do not have sexual harassment training. And they don't have sexual harassment training or discussions of it every time there's a new employee or during a period of time where they're like, okay, we need to refresh our information on this. And a lot of people sometimes don't even know what sexual harassment is. They think it's very overt, right? Sexual harassment is like, I'm going to touch you or I'm going to use explicit language or make you feel like, hey, I want you when you're not supposed to be feeling that way at the workplace. That's what they think sexual harassment is. But actually, sexual harassment is when you feel very uncomfortable. It's not just because of overt language. It's because of body language or things that are said indirectly where you know that you are being put in a position that you do not want to be in, that you can no longer continue to do your job professionally. I, I know that feeling. You're shaking. You're uncomfortable. And it could have gone two ways for him. One of them was the woman gives in, which is probably what has happened before to him. Because there may be some women that either like that, you know, and they go for it, or just don't... They feel like they have no choice, right? They're like, okay, I don't want it to get worse for me, so I'm just going to be like, cool, I will fuck it. Yep. And so um, I think that, and, and you know, I, I think it should be confronted in that moment. Like, next time it does happen to me, because I'm pretty sure it is going to happen to me. Like, at this point, I don't, I won't be surprised if it does. But when it does, I will address it at that moment and say, dude, what the fuck, man? Would you do this? Like, would you feel comfortable if it was happening to your mother? And if it wasn't happening to, like, if you didn't care if this was happening to your mother, then you're a fucking asshole. And shame on you. 
or immediately drag him into an office and say, dude, your behavior is not okay. And the thing is that, like, I know that um, one of the thoughts is, oh, you're not getting along with the guys. You're just, you're just a girl. You're not getting along. But that's the type of fucking behavior that needs to be stopped. Right. Because it's not okay. It's that mentality where it's like, okay, there's obviously a clear difference here between the way men think and women think, and you're just not getting, you're just not getting it as you're a female. You're just not getting it as a female. Yeah, and it's like, no, I am. You know, I will admit, I've had conversations with other coworkers before in different settings where it, I have mutually allowed there to be what I would call borderline inappropriate conversations that are personal, but they have never veered towards the direction of like being so personal towards me, directly towards me. It's more like what they're sharing about their own lives versus, oh, I'm going to share this and I'm directing it towards you. That's when it gets uncomfortable. And, th- and I think that's what's hard to address because... Like you said, you, you you allow that kind of behavior when it's in a group of friends and you feel comfortable. We are able to differentiate the difference between someone trying to harm us and someone who is just joking around. It's just upsetting. I, I want everybody that's listening to this to hear our specific stories because I'm sure you have your own. I'm sure every woman has their own version, even lighter or worse than this and the whole point is that we need to change the conversation to speaking up and if we continually speak up or if we're always speaking up and even if we're wrong and we like over report or we're oversensitive about something this still needs to be put on the map people still need to be aware that of like what they can do to modify sexual harassment training at the workplace yeah, I I don't know. I'm sure you've probably talked to other female friends and have had other stories related to you where you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and professionals, people that I look up to. The Me Too movement was great, but it has to keep going. It can't just be a phase. It has to keep going. We have to be... feel. And then I wanted to bring... And I wanted to say, not just to women, to men... Because it's happened to my brother. Yeah, that's the next point I wanted to bring out. We don't, we're not trying to be like rah, rah, rah feminists and say women stand up to men. Men get harassed all the time too. So this is for everybody that's been harassed at the workplace. You could be LGBTQ or you could just be like a very shy person, male or female, and somebody is going to take advantage of that and somebody is going to want to put you in a position where they're like, hey, I'm feeling something towards you today or I'm feeling a certain way today. Let's see what I can get away with. And maybe it's male privilege or maybe it's the privilege of power, but it's still inappropriate and you need to put them in their place if they're not aware of it, and if they are aware of it, you need to make sure that they do not wield it inappropriately. And I think it's healthy because it could go both ways. Sometimes, like you said, they are aware of what they're doing and they need to be confronted about it so that they realize I'm not ignoring the fact that you're a fucking asshole and that's not okay. Or they're completely unaware of it because we live in a society where traditionally men are encouraged 
to be that aggressive towards women because that's masculinity. Or, you know, in an environment, in a society where women are cougars or, you know, go-getters are encouraged to go for it, you know. We have to respect each other as humans and understand that there is a line you can cross that is not okay to cross. Yep. And, oh, and the another important thing that I learned from my situation is have documentation of everything. Yes. And even if you don't have proof at the time of whatever's going on, you document the time that it happened to you, the date and the situation or when this was happening. That way you have notes because when somebody's going to ask you for it later, you are holding yourself accountable. That means that you are making sure that all of your own bases are covered. So that's really important. You have to be able to recount your story the same way you did the first time. And because unfortunately, if you change your story with small details, they're going to take up on that. So yeah, you're right. going to be like, well, you didn't say this the first time. The first so are you time. lying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have any final words on this? Um, no, I think we, we, we touched everything. Speak up. Yes, please speak up. Just to turn this lighthearted for the little last half, I wanted to let everybody know that Jamie is a Game of Thrones fan, but not only is she a Game of Thrones fan, but she has read the books. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted I had this conversation with her over a beer a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to ask her here on the podcast, what did you think of the last season? As a reader and as a fan of the show, what did you think of the last season? Um... I, I, I will say I was disappointed. Right, right, as we all were. Yeah. Um, you know, because, like, the season prior to that, I definitely felt like, holy shit, they're going to empower women because there are very strong female characters, and there's this awesome character, Jon Snow, without spoiling, who has, like, fucking amazing story, you know, and there's this, you know... George R. R. Martin did such a great job at painting everything. You know, I, I growing up, I read Harry Potter. It was my escape for whatever wasn't happening in my real life. Girl, same, same. Yeah, and so the movies did a relatively good job at at least hitting some important parts to that. Right. And I felt that the last season the writers got very lazy or just were not creative enough and were too proud to hand it off to someone who wasn't jaded um and fin and wrap it up for us fans who have been reading and watching this for a long time so it was great to see the character development from season 1 through 6 but the last season i felt that they just they dropped the ball. They, they truly... There were so many... So many stories that could have been, you know, used to represent current political and societal stances. Yes, I'm pointing at Jamie right now because I totally agree with that. Political, yes. Um, I wanted to say that, like, uh, as a fellow reader of the books, although I think you're maybe a book or two ahead of me, the people that Danny had in her yes. her retinue, her political, <laughs> you know, cohort, 
we only had Ser Jorah and we had Tyrion and blah, blah, blah. But man, there were like a lot more people. So I don't know if, if you want to hear a spoiler of the book. But she had other advisors that could have shown up. And maybe if they were there, I don't know. What do you think? The ending probably would have been different, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we still would have seen the direction of maybe the Mad Queen turning. Yeah, Yeah. that was there. Yeah. That was one of those, like, it was cut too short. But definitely there was a lot of development towards it that would have justified what happened. Right. Because, yes, we, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like it's relatable. At some point, people do come to a breaking point where they go from night to day. Um, but there's a lot of buildup to it, you know, and we could have had at least one more season of it. Yeah, I think they just cut it too short. Unfortunately, it was probably because they got some money and a contract mm-hmm. to do some <laughs> Disney shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've been saying this like a broken record to like a lot of people. I feel like if they were going to justify all their actions for this season, a little bit more detail-oriented things could have happened where... It would have placated the audience to the point where, like, okay, I see how you got to this point. Yeah. So, for example, um, in the scene where Jamie and yeah. uh, Cersei die, so, f- you know, whatever. If you haven't seen the, the last season, I don't know where the fuck you've been, but this is a spoiler. <laughs> the rocks came down on the Red Keep and they fucking died, okay, together in each other's arms. Mm-hmm. But what they should have done was that they should have shown a, a flashback mm-hmm. to... When Maggie the Frog was doing the prophecy mm-hmm. and she was saying, your three kids are going to die and then your the, the little brother, the Valonqar, is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole series, all of us audience members were like, it's either Jamie or Tyrion. And then I was thinking, oh, maybe it's Euron. He's a little brother of Balon Greyjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it is um, Arya taking on the face of one of her little brothers. But... Um, what they should have done was they should have shown a, a flashback of the prophecy and then another little mini flashback of Tyrion telling Jamie, hey, I have a spot for you in the Red Keep. Go down there, take Cersei, get away, save your lives. And then in a way, if they had edited it properly, it would have shown, yes, indeed, the little brother brought you to your death. And it wasn't Jamie; It was Tyrion who inadvertently brought you to your death. Because you guys shouldn't have gone down there. Uh-huh. But that would have made more sense. Yeah. But instead, we were all disappointed because she's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And it's like, okay, <laughs> she well. She was giving, and even, even she, like, uh, I forgot the, the actress's name. Oh, God. This is the problem that I'm drunk. Oh, wait. Lena Headey. Lena Headey. I'm drunk. Yes. Whatever. And she's fucking awesome because she plays amazing fucking characters in most of her movies. Roles. Right. Right. But um, even she expressed, like, it was such an easy death for her, for someone who had been such an amazing villain. She was an amazing character. Like, so human. You know? So human. And her death was just too fast. Not enough furious. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and also, another thing is, like, Jamie Lannister's character, he was one of my char- my favorite character developments because he starts off as a, you know, 
super show-off and wealthy, rich boy who, you know, is depend- he, what we call trust fund babies. You know, he, <laughs> he was a trust fund baby. He was a trust fund baby, yeah. And um, But he went through, he lost a hand, you know. He, he went through a lot of shit. And he genuinely, I thought, fell in love with someone who was completely different from what he had been brought up as. And it was the first time he had ever made a choice for himself. And so when he decided to leave Brianna of Tarth, spoiler alert, my bad, um, I genuinely thought he was going to go back to the Red Keep to either kill Cersei. Yes, I thought he was going to go back and kill her too. You know, or try to reason with her because of who he had, he had become. But instead, no, he somehow managed to survive through a fight with Greyjoy and, and, and... I mean, come on, like, that fight was just so ridiculous, like, he should have died. <laughs> he had a blade stuck between, like, two ribs, and, like, it, it must have hit an organ. <laughs> it definitely hit an organ. <laughs> it definitely hit an organ. But, you know, in... in, in you know, this Game of Thrones D&D's universe yeah. can survive through that. Okay, like, so what should have happened when he was having that love scene with Brienne? I wanted him to go fucking down on her, okay? Me too. Yes, I wanted to see some explicit, like, pleasuring of Brienne of Tarth. Because not only did she deserve that, but we needed a love scene to, like, close it out and just be, like, satisfying as fuck. Like, yeah. Yeah, he needed to just go down on her and, like, give her an orgasm and then just make it awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, and, uh, and then if that had happened, that would have justified her extreme sadness of having yes. him leave. Because she's right. like, you popped my... You cherry and you, like, really definitely made me realize, holy fuck, sex is awesome. Yeah, and then you're fucking taking off. So, mm-hmm. but instead, we just see her crying and it's just, like, it's sad, but, like... It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it would have made Brianna more Th- sense. Right, because Brianna Tarth is fucking hardcore. Yeah. And this scene was just completely not fitting in with who the characters were. I agree. Yeah. It was yeah. just too rushed. How do you How do you feel, though, about, about Arya with... Okay, Gendry Baratheon, right? Yeah, because that wasn't in the books, by the way. Yeah. So, spoiler um, alert. Thank you. I, I like <laughs> I how you say spoiler alert <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, you you should have read the books. <laughs> you should have read the books, people. Um, I mean, I guess it was... It, to me, it made sense, because, mm-hmm. like, I think if you look at the contrast between the sexual experiences of Sansa, her sister... Right, where they had they didn't have a choice. Yeah, she didn't have a choice. She was actually, like... Raped. Raped. Yeah. And then you saw Arya, who has taken her own independence, made her own decisions, and made calculated decisions, very strategic ones, versus Sansa's became strategically... Until. Yeah. Later on, for political reasons. But Arya's doing it for herself. She's mm-hmm. not doing it for her country or her land or whatever. Yeah. Baby girl wanted to have some sex. Baby girl got some sex. Yeah. Good for her. It was just kind of like, for me, a little bit uncomfortable because she's always just been the little sister. So yeah. 
to see to see a little sister's little body like that was just like (laughs) good for you but at the same time mm, but good for you especially because technically at that age like a when we first meet them they're a lot younger than in the books they're a lot younger than they are in the show so like Arya at that time probably would have been like fifteen or something. Yeah, I think she, actually she was six, sixteen. Maybe sixteen. Yeah, yeah she was okay. sixteen. I was gonna say sixteen, but I, I pushed. Yeah, it. and then I want to say also that like in the first book, um, Ned is Ned Stark is thirty five. Yeah, yeah, he's thirty five years old, but we see him like super aged to like daddy status. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like still young enough. I think he was also going to um, spoiler alert have try to have another kid with Catelyn, but yep, yep. that did not happen mm-hmm. obviously because he died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I uh, so I got my mom into it. So my mom does her. She doesn't really speak English. She, right. She, her main, first language is Spanish, and she's just catching up. But we we purchased HBO. We're paying HBO, so I was like, "Mom, you need to watch this show." And so it was funny watching her say, rooting for Ned Stark. Oh, he's an honor man, you know, honorable man. I'm rooting. He's going to be king someday, you know. And then on the first first season, he gets killed and just seeing her distraught. It it brought me back to how I felt when I first read the books. And I was like, holy fuck, this, I'm in for a good one. So, like, my mom finished watching. He, she calls herself Mother of Dragons now. Oh, my God. Because, you know, my sister and I. <laughs> but she, it was, it's awesome. It was awesome uh, watching her watch the show and her opinion on, on certain characters. Actually, she was okay with the ending. But she's never read the book. And wait, wait, you mean she was okay with the last season? Yeah. Mm-kay. I know, I know. I disagree with her, and we argue about it. Yeah, her her explanation is, um, uh, Jon Snow had to do it, and it wasn't about it was about uh, honor and love. You know how like yeah. I mean, I I know he was gonna eventually do it. I just wish he hadn't done it so early in the episode. I know. I wanted. I wanted to see more of her, and I wanted to see where she, her body was going to end up. Yeah. You just took her away, and then that's it. We never see her yeah, again. My it's mom. like, wait, where, where did she go? <laughs> my mom, that's what my mom asked. She's like, wait, wait, where did her body go? Like, where, where, where is the dragon taking her? I'm like, mom, that's the same question I'm asking myself. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that she's going to be resurrected. So that's how I see it. I hope so too. Are you gonna watch um, the prequel? Yes, you are. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I haven't read the prequel books that have been written. There are like. Oh, um, okay. I actually did not know that. Yeah, there's um, there was is a book released about the the children of the forest. So I think that's what the that that's what the show is gonna be oh, okay, based okay. on. So it's like it takes place a thousand years before. Game of Thrones. Is it going to cover the birth of the Night King? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's going to explain all of that, and it should explain um, Children of the Forest and who they are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Naomi Watts apparently is tied to it. Oh, that's true. I'll check it out for her. She never disappoints me. Um, She's good. But I don't know. I don't know. I I just hope they don't drop the ball. 
And like, you know what? If if um if Weiss and Benioff do not make the perfect Star Wars movie, I'm gonna be like, you motherfuckers, you fucking like dropped the ball on Game of Thrones and you dropped the ball on Star Wars and you did not deliver. I mean we we gotta try to be unbiased though, because at this point we're just pissed off. That's true. So we're like we our expectations are like above the stars. So it, they have a lot to accomplish. True, very, very true, very mm-hmm. true. Yeah, but um, I, I still hope that... Um, you know what I was going to say? You know how Harry Potter had different directors? Right. I think that's important. I think that's what Game of Thrones lacked. Uh, I think there's something beautiful that comes out when people collaborate. And I think that that's what... That's what should have happened. I think that the at least the last two or three seasons that HBO offered should have been handled to someone who hadn't been working for so long on it because they were just done. They were like where they were checked out because to them it's a job. To us as fans, it was. But it's like so much time investment that we put in. Exactly, yeah. that's what I mean. You know, and I was fine with, you know, there's some good Harry Potter, I'm sorry I bring it up again, but there were some really good Harry Potter movies and there were some ones that we'd like to forget about. But that's, that was fair because there was, there were different brains put into it. You know, we all have, like, when I read the, when I read Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, like, everything was completely different in my brain. And there was some cool stuff that I loved watching on the show, but then there were some things that I was like, damn, like, I wish we'd have, we would have been able to see what happens with Nymeera, you know? There's, like, the story with Nymeera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that all of the... Uh, uh, Starks are actually wargs, you know? That would have been fucking awesome to see. Spoiler alert. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) You should, like, spoiler alert. (laughs) And and spoiler alert, the fact that, like, what the fuck was, you know, Ben doing when he was, uh, you know, warging. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. But I'm excited. I'm happy that we're going to see more of it. I, I'm, 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 take my money. I, I'm definitely going for it. <laughs> okay, so we're, Jamie and I are going to collaborate once more when that season comes out, and we're going to discuss it, and we're going to do a play-by-play and tell you if we liked it or did not like it. And I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Um, I fucking enjoyed recording this with you. Mm-hmm. This is the first long-form episode, everybody, so this is very, very special to me, not just because it's the first inaugural long-form episode, but because it's with Jamie, and she's so fucking awesome. You're, you're fucking sweet. Thank you so much. You made, you're made. you making me blush. I, I feel honored at this moment with you. No, thank you. Um, okay, so, everybody, um, wait, do you have an Instagram? Yes, I do. It's weird. Um, I think it's like J dash meep beep <laughs> J underscore M as in mother okay double E for elephant oh meep okay and P for pirate okay so J dash meep everybody M E E P J dash M E E P Follow this girl if you if she wants to be followed. Ah uh, yeah, I don't mind it. My my, my Instagram is boring. I I I. 
I gram about how I teach children and shit, but... That's not boring at all. Um, <laughs> but yes, anyway, everybody, please give us your comments. Um, wait, wait, what's your Instagram? Oh, my Instagram is is Jung Yorlip, which is uh, the first two letters of my full name. So it's J-E-U-N-G-Y-O-R-L-I-P. Um, so please follow both of us if you are not already. And... Um, Please feel free to share any of your stories or comments because we would love to hear them. And I will be checking back with you guys very shortly. And um, thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, that was us high-fiving. Bye-bye-bye. This episode was produced by me, Jedalyn Lipson, and Ian Young. Our special guest is Jamie Gamboa. Our theme music is from Duff Records. Our British intro was from a random British person that I cornered in Pasadena. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to this episode. Toodaloo!